I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Growing up in today's culture can be difficult. In addition to the regular challenges that kids face, like navigating school, friendships, and social media successfully, our children are also dealing with numerous epidemics, including loneliness, mental health struggles, pornography, and addiction. Today's guest is Bethany Jett, and she is here to talk with us about those challenges and how we can equip our boys to face them with integrity. She's an award-winning author and an award-winning ghostwriter. She is a proud military spouse and homeschool mama of boys who is determined to keep her priorities in line, God, family, career, which is often an unbalanced juggling act of extremes. She co-wrote a new book with Victoria Durstock called Navigating Minefields, A Young Man's Blueprint for Success on Life's Battlefield, which she will be sharing more about with us today. I loved our conversation, but I especially appreciated learning more about what leadership is, what it isn't, and how these traits aren't reserved for only a select few. But before I chat with Bethany, I just want to remind you that New Year's is right around the corner. That makes it the perfect time to think about creating new rhythms and setting new intentions in your home. These podcasts and the free resources that I offer, they're great. However, if you want to take your family to the next level and see some change in the upcoming months, then it's time to talk. As a family coach, I can help you cast a vision for your family and come up with a plan that will help you create identity, purpose, and belonging in your home. It's easy to find out more about this. Just go to buildyourbestfamily.com forward slash coaching to schedule a call. Now to my conversation with Bethany. Welcome, Bethany. It is so incredible to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Excited to be here. A question we ask all of our guests and I'm going to ask you is what is your family known for? Okay. This was tricky because I think my husband's known for things and I'm known for things and the kids are known for things, but the family being known for something is super hard to think about. And so I think as a family, probably known as being a military family and now a soccer family, because all the kids are into mm-hmm. soccer. So I've adopted the soccer bomb hat for them <laughs> that um, probably military and tech. I think those are probably the big things. My husband's involved in that. So the boys have adopted it too, but I will give a plug for your, the family culture discussion sheet. I downloaded it. It's amazing. I'm going to go through my with it with my kids and my husband because I I want to deepen the conversation with them about this because I want us to be known for hospitality. So that's going to be the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And hospitality will look different at different times in your life. It'll look different in different seasons. You know, we we love hospitality and especially being like a sports family, like tailgating has kind of been our thing now that my daughter's in college. And so like, that's a whole nother level of hospitality that takes place when you want to gather with people in a remote place in the middle of nowhere and hang out with people that you don't even know. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's so fun. Oh, I'm glad. I can't wait to hear how it goes with that sheet. I'm excited. So thank you for having it. Like yeah. I'm looking forward to going through with it. Okay, good. Okay, so let's talk about your book, Navigating Minefields. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you and what you felt was the need for this book. So this book was co-written by myself and then Victoria Deerstock. And she actually had the idea a few years ago. 
And we were, she was talking about the book of Proverbs and how so much of it is lessons from a mom to her son. But what if we could not update the Bible? Like, I'm not saying that, but what if we can use the lessons that she was giving and then pull them into our kids today? Like, so this is the lesson that's timeless. This -hmm. is what it looks like for you. And so just, I guess it was last year. She said, I think it's time for us to do this. She's got her own press now. So we were able to come in and do it. Navigating Minefields is not the devotional. We're going to have a companion devotional to come with this. Mm -hmm. So we wanted it to be a book that any parent, regardless of faith preference, would be able to give their kid or even adults who are in some kind of ministry or teaching or an organization will be able to hand to a a young man, probably teenager. And say, Mm -hmm. okay, there's a lot of really good life lessons in here. And they're the lessons that we're teaching our own kids. I'm still in the middle of raising mine and her son's in high school. So that was really the idea behind it came from Proverbs. Um, Mm -hmm. But this book is going to be able, you know, for any kid Mm -hmm. to be able to read and take, take away Mm -hmm. those timeless truths. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, I'm looking forward to getting the book because I feel like there's a lot of things that I know that I want to teach my children, my son in particular, and I haven't organized it in my head. And I know time flies. And before I know it, he's going to be graduating. And I'm going to wonder, did I, you know, tick all these boxes and not that it's about like accomplishing as much as it is about like covering all the bases, because I know that as much as I want to capture teachable moments, like they don't always happen, you know? And so if I can be intentional and, and have a book like this that says, okay, here are these things you can kind of make sure you're hitting on all of them, right? That's, that is the goal. We wrote them very short, bite-sized, kind of the way my boys like to read, really paying attention to, you know, boy behavior (laughs) when it comes to books. And I think it's going to be a book that I'm going to make them read on the car ride to school, just pick a chapter Mm -hmm. each day, read out loud, and then we can talk about it. But it's, I've written a lot of books for women and then a book for, you know, young women was my first one, but writing specifically to boys was so different. Even in the tone as a boy, mom, you talk Mm -hmm. to them differently than I talk to my my nieces or I hear, you know, my friends with daughters speak. So it was a whole different, whole different thing jumping into a book for them. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So one of the things I want to talk to you about is aggression and young men, how you were saying there's a difference in how you talk to boys and there's a difference between how boys behave and what they experience and how they express their emotions and express themselves. So let's talk about, you have four keys that we can use to help young men control their aggression. Yeah. I want to know all about it. (laughs) So There's so many right? Like we could probably make a list of like 25 things, but just four that are bite-sized. For number one, it really just teaching them how to respond instead of react, which is a lesson I'm still learning as an adult, Mm, but if we can kind of instill in them, take deep breaths, count to 10, what, you know, for their personality, it looks different for each child on what that means for them, but just not just to take those moments before reacting which mm-hmm. leads into number two is use words, not fists. <laughs> so I've got one son whose love language is touch, mm-hmm. but he's also the first one to hit too. Right. So that's something we have to talk about a lot. Number three is just kind of trying to redirect the emotion. And when they were little, you know, it was kind of easier. Like, let's go outside and kick a ball. Like, oh, we get to go outside. And now that mine are a little bit older, it's different. They don't necessarily want to go outside. You know, they might want to do something else. So 
getting imaginative, just distracting from whatever's going on to give them time to respond instead of mm-hmm. react. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fourth one is sometimes the hardest, but just walking away. And by that, I mean, just sometimes you have to let it go. Like sometimes you get emails from people like as adults that are rude and sometimes not responding is the right thing. So it's kind of walking away from situations and kind of teaching them when to know when it's appropriate to do what. And mm-hmm. It's, yeah. you know, I feel they teach me, I think sometimes. Yeah. I love that you're saying that we can teach our boys to recognize their emotions and respond appropriately. I do think that we give boys a pass because they're not women. We assume women are emotional. Women are, you know, women pay attention to their emotions and, and they sometimes get off the hook. And so I like that you're challenging young men to say, Hey, recognize what's going on. Don't react out of it but instead respond and find another way to, to deal with what you're feeling. I think that's great. Yeah. It's hard. I'm watching my oldest go through teenage hormones and now the second one, and it's so different than girl hormones and how I react when I'm stressed or even, you know, my friends growing up and watching them not really know how to handle those emotions Mm -hmm. themselves Mm -hmm. is is interesting. Just we're going to navigate, navigate, we're going to navigate this minefield together. Yes. (laughs) Practices. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they need our help with that. They're not born with those skills and it's our job to equip them. And, you know, I get frustrated when a lot of parents say, well, let them just figure it out. Well, I don't, I don't think they can always figure it out if we're not giving them the tools. Like, yes, let them make mistakes, but we can come alongside them. We can coach them and we can cheer them on, but let's not do it. Leaving them with the word I'm looking for, like with, with insufficient equipment, you know, to do that with. Yes. And sometimes, you know, when you're trying to teach them, to have ownership of their decisions. Mm-hmm. One thing I try to talk through with them is, okay, you've got two choices here. We need to think through three levels down. If you do this, 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 and this can happen. Mm-hmm. Are you prepared to deal with that? And, you know, sometimes they don't want to listen to all of that, but you're right. Like they need to know, like there's consequences to these things that you can't see just because you're yeah. 15, you're yeah. 30. But I know because someday they're not going to be here for us to do this with as closely you yes. know, as long as we're in our house. Yes, for sure. All right. So let's talk about leadership, the three billion villains of leadership and how can they impact a boy's life and how can we overcome them? I mean, I know I want my son to be a leader. I, I see glimpses of a leader, but again, he doesn't know how to do it on his own. There's so many grown people that don't know how to be leaders. So talk to us about leadership. So important. And okay, so the first villain is dominance. And I think this kind of goes back to what you had said about sometimes society paints boys into this. They have to be this ultra masculine figure. They can't cry. They can't show emotion. They can't do all these things. And so sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially boys that have a more dominant personality anyway, they are rewarded by society mm-hmm. as being leaders when that necessarily isn't a leadership skill, yeah. um, but confidence is. And sometimes strength, I always say strength is not having to yell to be heard. So you can mm-hmm. have a quiet strength. You can be a quiet leader in those things. And just, so sometimes putting dominance as a leadership trait, really what you're probably seeing is a lot of confidence. So how do we instill the confidence, not necessarily dominance Yeah, in that yeah. way? That's really good. Yeah, I, I I can see. I know what you're talking about, especially when it comes to like sports, like we were talking about earlier. 
I think sometimes coaches want to be hard and stern and they want to, they want to yell. And, and I've often seen parents accredit a good, you know, athletic team to like, oh, well, it's because the coaches, coaches, you know, they're rough and tough and they're hard on them. I'm like, but that's not really leadership. You know, it can often be confused with it. Yeah. Yes. And I think sometimes, I think, I think moms know this instinctually because we, the mom look, I think every kid says, you know, my mom has a look that's not saying anything. And yet they understand exactly what you are as the leader of them. They get it. And so trying to teach them that other side of how to lead without yelling. Well, the second one, so dominance would be the first one. The second villain of leadership would be arrogance. You know, a lot of times when you're the leader, you think you're the most important person in the room, but really I think leadership is about service and empathy that you're really there to serve the people who are working for you or with you. And as a sign of a strong leader, someone who doesn't feel the need to have the ego that comes along with it and bears the responsibility instead. And then the third one, the best word I could come up with is like duplicity, which is really, you know, you have to say, you have to mean what you say and say what you mean. And then the opposite of that would be like having integrity and then trust. And so that's what leaders have. People trust them. But sometimes when you're getting into those leadership positions, it's easy to fudge the numbers or cross the boundaries or go into the gray area. And if you have that shrewdness, I guess, you know, you would say that that can also lead you down the wrong path pretty easily. So making sure you just stay on like a really strong integrity line and honesty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I know one of the things that my husband was passionate about when we first started having kids was avoiding duplicity because He's like, you need to show up as the same person everywhere. And, you know, if you treat your friends differently than you treat your family or you throw your your sister or your brother under the bus when you're with your friends to look cool, like that's not integrity. And I think people people know when you are the same person everywhere and you show up and they know what they can expect from you. I think people people notice, even kids notice. They do. And I agree. I love that. Yes, exactly. So it was, was that, was that, that was the three villains. It was, let's repeat them. So I remember them. That's uh, dominance. Go ahead. (laughs) I want to get it right. Dominance, arrogance, and duplicity. Yes. Those are great. (laughs) Oh, did you do that on purpose? (laughs) No, just realized it. (laughs) All right. That's going to make it easy to remember. So what are the positive impacts for families when they raise their son to take responsibility for their actions and become leaders? I think a couple of things. I think it breeds trust within the family unit, but then outside of that too. And, you know, with with our son, one of them, we went through this phase of lying where they're still trying to figure out where the boundary is and what they can get away with and what's really a lie and what isn't, but that quickly leads into just flat out lying. And Mm -hmm. so that was something we knew we had to squash so fast because this, as an adult, as kids, it's bad, but as an adult, that leads to all kinds of problems because you can't be honest. And so I used to tell them, and we still talk about it this way, is that trust is like a vase. You know, it's, it starts out beautiful and perfect. And when you break that trust and you lie, it's, it falls off and it breaks and you can repair it, but there's always cracks there. And so sometimes the vase shatters 
And we have to build a long time to build that base back up with trust. And sometimes it fell off and it was okay. We just picked it back up and keep going. So that's kind of the metaphor mm-hmm. I use with the boys with mm-hmm. it. But then along with that, it opens doors. And so the, you know, your, when your kids are demonstrating trustworthiness and they're kind of showing those, I loved like the Monica Swanson's thing about character when they're showing those character traits, I think it allows us as parents to open doors for them, to give them more responsibility in the outside world, because we have a level of trust with them that we can take them to the next step. And I think then it opens doors in the outside world, outside of our home for them too. And I think it can just get them so much further along if they can build these things early inside of their spirits, inside of their hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. I mean, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about when you're faithful over little, you'll be yeah. made faithful over a lot. And often I have to remind myself of that. I have to remember myself of the why I'm doing what I'm doing, why we have these boundaries in place, why you're not allowed to just do whatever you want and even share that with them and 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 let them know that we're doing this on purpose. This isn't us restricting you. This is us training you, guiding you, coming alongside of you. So you can make these mistakes while we're in, you know, while you're in our home. And then as we get better and better at these things, we build trust, you get more and more responsibility. And, you know, I, I'm in a whole new stage. I, I mentioned my daughter went off to college, like seeing her have the tools that she needs to go into this next phase. Oh, it just makes the transition so much easier. And a lot of the stuff, I, some of the stuff I did on purpose, some of the stuff I didn't do on purpose, but like, it's just been so eye-opening to understand that taking responsibility and creating trust is really, really helpful as they transition into every stage. So true. And we I say that with my son. My oldest is 15. And so we talk a lot about how, you know, my husband and I were in youth ministry. So we worked with teens and preteens for a long time, many years. But this yeah. is the first time parenting one. And so I say, you know, we're doing this together. I'm going to mess up. You're definitely going to mess up because everything's new for you. And I'm going to yeah. mess up too going to do this together and it's going to be okay. And we have to just make sure we can talk about it. Let's Mm -hmm. try to get get them to do is talk. Yes. (laughs) Talk about it. Yeah. 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 So going back to your books, what are some of the topics that you cover in navigating minefields? Ooh. Okay. So we tried to cover pretty much anything that they're going to, that they're going to deal with in life. So kind Mm -hmm. of, there was the one book, at least you get a snippet of advice. So finances was a big one that we talked about, just sort of those core. Well, one of my favorite chapters is there's no, there's no such thing as free lunch, like that mm, term, yeah. you know, like there's a cost to everything, whether it's money or opportunity costs and kind of breaking it down, you know, at a mm-hmm. teenage level for that. I like that. Love and relationships, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting into that a little bit. Some of those ah. Four yes. things, trust and honesty and integrity. I mean, so much. I'm going back to Monica's podcast because I just listened to it and it was amazing. Yeah. And so many of those character traits is really what we wanted to hit on because if you can really get those things down and you understand, you know, your core values, then making decisions, you tend to make the right decision that's going to help you, even if it's a hard decision. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of what the, what the book focuses on, a lot of those character traits and then some of those bigger topics, you know, money, you know, finances. Anger is another one that we addressed in there, how to handle that. You know, you're not the Hulk. Basically all the topics, as many as we could get in there. Yeah. Now, do you have a favorite one? Can you share with us what, what's, what's been your favorite to work through your, with your sons through? 
I think the I think the no free lunch one is a big one because the boys they're pretty entrepreneurial naturally. And so the trick here is okay, we see that we're kind of talking about you see that leadership skill in them. How do we mm-hmm. direct it to be a positive thing? Because I'll have one son that will like he almost hoard his money and then figure out ways to get other people like his brothers or for us to pay for certain things. And mm-hmm. so we have to talk like, okay, yesterday, my son said, I'm selling um, breakfast to kids at school. And like, you don't even eat breakfast at home. So what are you selling? And then he didn't want to tell me. So then he told me, finally, he's taking his applesauce out of his lunch and selling it. And so then we had a conversation. So I said, so I'm buying applesauce to give to you. You're selling it. And then you're, he, he's paying me back. So we're doing like a money thing. I said, so then you're going to pay me back with the money from what you sold that I paid for in the first place. So like we're trying to get to yeah. those kind of core business principles, like in their yes. everyday interaction. That's probably the most fun one for me because it's a daily conversation with them sometimes, but I really want them to be good with money and not make the mistakes that we made and, you know, yes. all those things. So it's probably when we talk about the most, just because they're doing things like selling applesauce to kids at school <laughs> for breakfast. So, <laughs> which I don't really want them to do. <laughs> I like the it's idea. So smart. Yes. And <laughs> pretty sure I'll get a call from the school soon. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I have a, my, my one daughter's friend, he used to rent chargers for kids' phones. See, it's brilliant. Was, I mean, like he just needed a couple in his bag and that was it. You rent it, you give it back to him at the end of it. Like brilliant, right? Yeah. But I do like how you mentioned like your, your kids are different. So I would say that most people listening, and I know for myself, my kids are so different. And even though the principle and the value is the same, we have to work with them through it in different ways. And so if you have a hoarder and a spender, the hoarder needs to know how to spend and the spender needs to know how to save. So like we point them back to that principle, but yet we do, we have to deal with them very differently and sort of navigate these, these situations that come up. We never thought like, who thought you would have to explain to your son about selling applesauce in school, right? (laughs) You never know what you're going to have to talk to your kids about. That's right. And you kind of have to just go with it as soon as with boys, especially I have found when they're ready to talk, you know, it's, I drop it and listen. And I have a brother and a sister. My mom always said, you know, you, you girls, you know, said you girls would talk, you know, all throughout the day. And, but I knew when your brother came in and started talking, I had to listen because I might not, he might not talk to me again like this for a while. I never forgot that. And, And with three boys, I have found that very true. And so when they start talking about selling stuff, I have to, Yes. Stop everything and say, Being okay, that. there's a lesson here, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I love what your book does when it points to the character and when it points to those values, it helps you to have conversations and put the emphasis on those values because now you've given them language. You're not just pointing out behavior of theirs that needs to change. You're pointing back to this truth, this, this lesson that it's important for them to learn. And I think it takes a little bit of that angst off of correcting and, and having consequences. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad that's coming through. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. I hope it's going to be helpful. For sure. All right. So as we wrap up, I'd love for you to share a piece of encouragement for anybody who's a mom listening and navigating a tough parenting season. I think that the best encouragement I can say is that you are not alone and, you know, I'm right there with you. (laughs) There are so many parents going through the same thing and finding a friend or even a support group, like a Facebook group online, sometimes they can have some amazing community and encouragement for what you're going through, but you're, you are not alone. I think sometimes it feels lonely. And 
I know when I hear my kids, my, my friend's kids kind of act up, I have this like morbid happiness because I'm like, okay, it's not just my kid, <laughs> but that's <laughs> being disrespectful when I'm on the phone. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's the big thing. Like, you know, you were their parent for a reason. And, and there's my friend always says, you know, God gives you the grace for the kids that he gives you. And I mm-hmm. love that. So I think mm-hmm. about that a lot. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is good. And I can identify with that, what you mentioned about, you know, seeing other kids. I know, you know, we talk about community and support and connecting with others and all the good things about it. But sometimes the really good things about it are to help us appreciate what we have in our own home, you know, like we'll spend it, we'll spend a weekend. I, you know, sometimes we'll spend, we'll spend weekend, we'll t- time with friends. And then I'll be like to my husband, are you glad you're married to me? Like, <laughs> I totally, it's not that I'm even putting anybody else down. It's just that like, we can get caught up in thinking that we're the only ones struggling or the only ones that are dealing with a certain type of issue. And it's true. You look around and you're like, I'm so glad I'm not dealing with that. Or I'm not, I'm so glad that this is not my situation or look at what we've done and look what we've chosen to build. And it's not half bad. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I've been watched wife swap recently. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yes. But then I would hear them say things. I'm like, I do that, you know? So I'm like making changes on my end and yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it just goes to show this, you know, pretty much we're all pretty much the same dealing with, you know, different situational circumstances, but at the mm-hmm. core, sometimes when it feels loneliest, loneliest, there's people going through it too. And yeah, that's a little bit of a help to know like there, and there is help out there for whatever situation it is too, and being willing to to search or ask for help isn't a bad thing. I guess that yeah. would be my piece of encouragement is when you need help, ask for it. It's oh, hard yeah. at that point. Yeah. And get feedback from friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm excited to pick up this book because I've been wanting to walk my son through a handful of things. And sometimes I just don't know where to start. So this is great. Oh, I, well, thank you. And hopefully it's to be a conversation starter you know, for, for parents and kids. And I hope that, but thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Wow. She gave us some very practical principles that we can teach our boys. I can't wait for my son to start reading her book. You can connect with Bethany at bethanyjet.com. She's on Instagram as Bethany Jet. I'll link to this and where you can find her book in the show notes. If you'd like to connect beyond the podcast, you can find me over on Instagram. It's my favorite place to hang out and share the ups and downs of everyday life, what we get right and what we get wrong too. You can find me at, at Kimberly Amici, and you can find the podcast at, at Build Your Best Family. Remember, family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. <laughs>